you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away, and if you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588. I say again, if you're local and like to join in on our discussion today, have a praise report, a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That would be 800-366-8888. Again, for anyone calling outside the Las Vegas area, like to join in on our discussion today, please dial 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live, audio and visual from KKVV's website. And that website address would be www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just wave to you. In addition to that, Save the Lost at All Costs website. We're being streamed live from there as well. And our web address would be www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, the gospel is always free on our watch. We encourage you to visit the website. It is www.savethelostlv.org. Just look under Radio Archives. It's rebroadcast, just like we're live now. After we're off the air, within usually 24 to 48 hours, I will upload it. Select the date you like to listen to. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. They're all available for you. And again, it's always free on our watch at the Gospel. If you have a cell phone, I strongly encourage you to lock in this phone number under your contacts. You can listen to KKVV anytime you like via your cell phone, as long as it's a cell phone in the United States. And that number would be 563-999-3194. You can listen right now. Share it with your friends. Encourage them to listen as well. Again, that cell phone number is 563-999-3194. We're still getting a lot of calls about uh, people who are transitioning in a season called now. And I'd like to ask for a special prayer for the Fountain family. Um, Mother Mary Fountain went to be with the Lord at 96 years of age this week. So please keep the Fountain family and the Washington family in your prayers. Mother Mary was a believer, and I know that we will see her again. Praise God, and uh, April, know that I love you and your family very, very much. And also would like to keep uh, Sister Janice in prayer. Her brother did transition And we know that uh, she's a great, faithful listener here, wonderful supporter of KKVV, and we'd love to keep her and her family in prayers. And we know we will see her brother again because he is a believer. So we're going to get into our topic today. 
and we will be talking about penitential prayers. And that word is spelled P-E-N-I-T-E-N-T-I-A-L. Again, penitential prayers. That is what we'll be talking about today. And um, we'll see that in Psalm 38. We're going to look very closely at that particular psalm. But Psalm 6 is like that as well. It's the same type of prayer. And you'll say, well, what type of prayer is that? And I'm so glad you asked. It is a prayer that expressly expresses regret for sin, wrongdoing, uh, basically repentance. It's a prayer where you're asking for repentance, but you know, you're acknowledging what put you in that position. So you will see um, King David, and we will look at this prayer in Psalm 38 very, very closely, and we'll um, go over to Psalm 6 so you can see how they run parallel. And Psalm 70 uh, is something that you might want to consider. It's considered an individual prayer in reference to classification, but it does have some very similarities uh, to Psalm 6 and Psalm 38. So we're going to get right into Psalm 38. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version, and um, it's powerful. So let's take a look at it. Amen? So again, Psalm 38, it says here, a psalm of David to bring to remembrance. And the word of God says this, verse 1, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Two, for your arrows pierce me deeply, and your hand presses me down. Three, there is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. Verse 4, for my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. 5, my wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. Verse 6, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. 7, for my loins are full of inflammation. And there is no soundness in my flesh. 8. I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. 9. Lord, all my desire is before you. And my signing is not hidden from you. 10. My heart pants. My strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. 11. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar off. 12. Those also who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plan deception all the day long. 13. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. 14. Thus I am like a man who does not hear and in the whole mouth is no response. Verse 15. For in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear, O Lord, my God. 16. For I say, hear me, lest they rejoice over me, lest when my foot slips 
they exalt themselves against me. 17. For I am ready to fall, and my sorrow is continually before me. 18. For I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin. 19. But my enemies are vigorous, and they are strong, and those who hate me wrongfully have multiplied. 20. Those also who render evil for good, they are my adversaries because I follow what is good. 21. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. 22. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Hmm. King David. My study Bible tells me here that David saw his anguish as judgment from God for his sins. So let's start breaking the verses down. And we're going to look at verse 1. And the word of God says this, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Well, it's speaking about God's wrath. There's a couple of things you need to understand about God's wrath. Number one, God's wrath is just. God's wrath is to be feared. And let's look at Romans 3. And let's see what it says about God's wrath. I will be going back and forth through scriptures to support things as I normally do. So let's look at that. So we're going to go to Romans 3. And we're going to look at verse 23. And the word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And now let's go to Matthew. And we're going to go. I hope you write these scriptures down. We're in Psalm 38. And we read the whole Psalm. And we just went to Romans Chapter 3, verse 23, and now we're on our way to Matthew, and we're going to go to Matthew 25, and we're going to look at verse 46. We're talking about God's wrath right now, because we're breaking it down verse by verse. So again, Matthew 25, and let's look at verse 46. And I have the red letter edition, so Jesus is speaking, and the word of God says this, verse 46, Matthew 25. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Okay, so we're talking about those who sin against God. Amen? So, God's wrath is to be feared. That was the second point in reference to God's wrath. Now we're looking at the third point. God's wrath is found in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So it's uh, continuous speaking upon God's wrath. 
So that's something that we truly need to understand, and it's very well supported in the scriptures. So I am going to look at the Old Testament for reference there first, and then we're going to go to the New Testament. And you will see, and I'm going to go to the book of Nahum, and let's look at chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 2. And the Word of God says this, God is jealous, and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. Mm. All righty. That's very self-explanatory. Now let's go to the book of Revelation. And we're going to go to chapter 19 and see what the Word of God says here. And we're going to look at verse 15. Again, I'm in the New King James Version, and we're talking about God's wrath as it relates to Psalm 38, verse 1. So verse 15 says this, Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God Almighty. So he would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So, like I said, it is continuous, and you will see it in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And that was the third point that God's wrath is found in both the Old and New Testament. The fourth point about God's wrath is God's wrath is his love and action against sin. Yes, it is. It is God's love and action against sin. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. And let's see what the Word of God says to support that. We're going to go to Hebrews 10, verse 31, and the Word of God says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Yes. A fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. See, God's Word has to be performed. If God said it, it will be manifested. He's an intentional God. He does not say things he does not intend to happen. That's why he's not a liar. And the last point I'd like to make about God's wrath is it's satisfied in Christ. And let's go to the book of Timothy for that support. So let's look at Timothy. Turn it back here. Bear with me. I gotta turn all these pages. Okay, so we're going to go to 1 Timothy, and we're going to go to chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 15 again. 1 Timothy, and... Chapter 1, verse 15. 
And the word of God says this, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners on whom I am chief. That is the apostle Paul talking. Amen. So God's wrath is satisfied in Christ. It's where our salvation comes. So we're going back to Psalm 38. So let's get back to that. And we got a lot done in that short period of time. Praise God. So we see that David understands that rebuke is necessary. He just does not want it to be because of God's wrath. Because God's wrath is associated with judgment. And nor does he want to be chastened in God's hot displeasure. Because see, God is slow to anger. But if he's angered and it's slow to happen, David is praying for God to have mercy on him. Now, two, when we look at that in verse 38, excuse me, in Psalm 38, for your arrows pierce me deeply and your hand presses me down. David is using figurative language so that we can understand how he is feeling at this particular time. I mean... You can even wrap your mind around that. And David understands fully why he's feeling this. And we go into Before we go into three, we have to understand he's explaining his physical conditioning. And it's it's suffering. But the scriptures will tell us that suffering usually happens for three reasons. And... It is explained when we go into the scriptures a little bit further. So it demonstrates our heart condition. So when we look at the book of Job, and Job, we can see what Job's heart condition was. So we're going to go to Job 1, and we're going to look at verse 20. And the word of God says this. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And verse 21 says, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. Wow. It just takes your breath away. 
truly that describes a physical condition of his heart or where he was in his suffering. Then we want to look at it enables God to be glorified. And how we can see that is that we can go to the book of John. So let's go to the book of John. And we're going to go to John chapter 9. And we're going to look at verse 3. So John chapter 9 verse 3. And the word of God says this. And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Hmm. Yes, so that God could be glorified. And then it shows the consequences of sin in our lives. As we can see when we go to Psalm 38 verse 3. And it says, There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. There it is. Because of my sin. See, David owns it. David understands what brought him here. And let's look even deeper. For, again, we're in Psalm 38, verse 4, if you're just joining us. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. See, again, because of my sin, my iniquities. He's laying it out there for God. God already knows. But David is taking total responsibility. And it has brought him to this point. Where he's explaining his physical condition. But there's going to be more. It's not just the physical condition involved. He says, Fie, my wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. Now look at this. He says, my foolishness in verse 5. Verse 4, he says, my iniquities. Verse 3, he says, my sin. My sin, my iniquities, my foolishness. No way is he faulting God in his decisions or indecisions. He knows that his sin, his iniquities, and his foolishness is a direct correlation to God's wrath. Because sin needs to be judged. The wages of sin are death. That's what the scripture tells us. But here he is. In verse 1. Acknowledging that this that he's done. Is justifiable to bring on God's wrath. And anger. He understands. A rebuke. Is definitely justified. 
He's just asking for mercy to be able to endure it. The punishment would be just. But he needs God's mercy to endure it. And let's look at verse 6. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. Now we start describing the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. See, there's a physical aspect, but there's also an emotional, a mental, a spiritual aspect as well. Seven, for my loins are full of inflammation and there is no soundness in my flesh. Inflammation is a sign of an infection. And if you don't treat the infection, you will die. So, there's a spiritual infection here that happens because of sin, iniquities, and foolishness. And God has given great instruction. This is the king. This is God's anointed king. And he and God are in fellowship. David loves the Lord. And the Lord loves David. But no matter who we are in a position, in an assignment, it does not change God's actions towards sin. No one will get a pass for it. No matter how great the love that God has. His word must be performed. And we have the whole revelation of his word. From Genesis to Revelation. We have it. And we can study it. And we can model it. We have a great opportunity here. This is a very, very powerful testimony and lesson that David is teaching us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that those that can hear my voice are really allowing the word of God to minister to you. To help you. Because we've all been here. And it's important. That we acknowledge. Our sin. Our iniquities. And our foolishness. And acknowledge it for the one who can help us. God Almighty. The most high God. 
in all heaven, earth, and creation. He is the one that can help us. This is not the time to be angry with God. This is not the time to fight God. This is not the time to be in rebellion against God. This is the time to see yourself for who and what you are. Because your actions speak louder than words. God knows all anyway. Sees all. Hears all. He's everywhere at the same time. This is not an opportunity that should be passed over. No one knows the day or the hour. But we all have an appointed time. David is not missing out. He understands. His very soul is at stake. And I hope you can really appreciate what he is going through. And that we're able to witness it on a supernatural level. If we will allow the word of God to penetrate our hearts. A stony heart is not what God desires. It's a fleshy heart. And we have got to let our heart be fleshy. God can work with that. You don't want to build... A monument of entitlement and rebellion and anger. And what about me in your heart? And expect that that's suitable worship for God. Because it's not. See, he is so aware of his sin. He's so aware that suffering and death is judgment for sin. David is acutely aware of it. Verse 8, I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. David is in great pain and great distress because he knows that he has sinned against God. His foolishness has been a direct assault against God. His iniquities go against the kingdom of God. And it has left him broken. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. To the point that he's at death. He 
nine. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my signing is not hidden from you. He acknowledges God's greatness and his everlasting presence all around in everything that he does, everything that he sees, everything that he touches, everything that he smells, everything that he tastes, his whole being. In any thing that's imagined or real begins and ends with God. Ten, my heart pants, my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. His despair. Is causing a, dic- a disconnection with God. It's because of his actions that are sin related, iniquity related, and foolishness related. David is reiterating this every opportunity that he gets. It's so important that David has put himself in the position of the sinner that knows that he has sinned and there's no law that can save him. He cannot rely on his kingship. He can't rely on his ethnicity. He can't rely on his gender. He can't put this on his servants. He can't put this on the people that God has given him to lead. He cannot blame it on those who do the work in the temple. The priest, the Levites, the psalmists, the scribes. He can blame it on his family. He has made a choice to do things in contrary of God. And we have to really own that. Because when it comes down to it, that's where it is. When we stand before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we'll have to give an account for our lives. The things that we've done, which would be commission, and the things we didn't do and should have done, that would be omission. And it has to start in this realm so that we can make the necessary adjustments. Because when we stand before 
the great advocate, our Lord and Savior. In the time of judgment, it will be too late. So, we really, really have to understand the nature of this type of prayer. The very essence of it. will transform your life. Your eternal life. In the last verse, in verse 10, as for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. Can you imagine? The eyes are the window to our souls. And he is saying, the light has gone from him. That is powerful. See, the first description in verses 2 through 8 talked about a physical condition. But verses 10 through 14, and we'll read down, starts talking about a mental condition. And we'll go into loneliness and some other things that will be brought out. But let, let, let's, let's get to this where David is. Because some of us are there now. 11. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague. And my relatives stand afar off. There's nobody that can help him. At this particular time. He senses a real distance. Loneliness. And a lot of times, loneliness makes suffering because of sin and iniquities and foolishness downright unbearable. Now, we talked about loved ones, family, and friends. Now, let's look at verse 12. Those also who seek my life lay snare for me. Those who sneak my hurt Speak of destruction and plan deception all the day long. Yes, enemies speaking of his death and destruction. And they would come for everything that he loves, that he holds near and dear to his heart. They would come for his faith. In his relationship that he has with God. To make him doubt. That God even hears him. Loves him. Or is with him. At this time. Of great. Spiritual. 
trouble. Or that his family even cares. And this is King David. Speaking to us. A man after God's own heart. A worshiper, no doubt. Sin will not be overlooked, men and women of God. The mighty and the powerful, the favored, the anointed, the appointed, they will not escape the wrath of God. They will not escape judgment. We all will have to be held accountable. Because God's wrath is his love and action against sin. We have to get that in our spirit. We really do. Now David is really, really feeling it from his enemies. As we all feel it. Enemies are not there to care for us they are there to destroy us but how many of us are holding the door open and letting them in time and time again how many of us are so weakened by our sin state our foolishness state our iniquity state that we can't even see them because we're too much like them. Hypocrisy. Is a gift. from the enemy that will blow up your whole life. Holiness is the only thing that's going to separate you from your enemies because God is holy therefore his people should be holy. And I encourage you to read the book of Leviticus again to see what God really is saying about holiness. 
because we have to really see this thing for what it is and what we have allowed and what we participate in and what we co-sign on. A single cancer cell in its inception has the full capability to kill the body and sin has that full capability as well not only to kill the body but to cause your soul to be totally separated from God actions Speak louder than words. Let's look at 13. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. 14. Thus, I am like a man who does not hear and whose mouth is no response. That's how sin will have you. Just like that. That's very frightening. Where you're not able to use the whole armor of God to be able to defend. We're not able to be valiant in spiritual warfare. That we have succumbed to our our lust. That our guilt is all-consuming. That our conviction that we feel because we understand God's judgment has left us lifeless. It's not a good place to be in at all. Oh, but let's look at verse 15. For in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear, O Lord, my God. Look at that. Speaks of hope. Acknowledges God's sovereignty. And he knows if God hears his prayer something can be done he's not capable of doing anything on his behalf when it comes to sin but 
but he's waiting on the Lord. In the midst of his pain and loneliness and the enemies around him and his family and his friends and his relatives moving further from him. He knows the Lord is the answer. It's the only answer. He didn't curse God. He didn't change his tone. He's still speaking with all humility and responsibility in his actions. He's never changed his position. Not at all. But he know God can. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4. And I want to look at verses 11 through 13. And the word of God says this. Verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Verse 12, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 14, nevertheless, you have done well that you share in my distress. Wow. See, you have to find contentment in whatever state you might find yourself in. Because God is in every state. And we must acknowledge and recognize who he is. Not for what he does. That he is the most high God. And it could be so much worse, especially at our own hand against ourselves. Now, going into 16, for I say, hear me, lest they rejoice over me, lest with my foot slips, they exalt themselves against me. See, he understands. If there's going to be any relief, it's going to come from God concerning his enemies. See, stress is being caused our actions that have left us very very vulnerable to our enemies and causing much strife David is struggling with illness loneliness and people who are hating on him hating on him to the point of death his pain is real 
His concerns are real and he's very honest in his participation in what has befalled him now. Can we be that honest with God right now? 17. For I am ready to fall and my sorrow is continually before me. 18. For I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin. See, there it is again. Acknowledgement. 19. But my enemies are vigorous and they are strong. And those who hate me wrongfully have multiplied. Yes. That's a fact. 20. Those also who render evil for good, they are my adversaries because I follow what is good. He is staying the path. He is staying with God. And he understands a lot of his adversaries come because he has a relationship with God. Because he does not want to acknowledge idols in his life. He wants to acknowledge the one true God. 21. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. 22. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. That's it. God is his salvation. He understands that. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is our salvation. We need to recognize ourselves in Psalm 38. Who will be your salvation in 2018? Who will you get right with in 2018? Who will you confess your sin, your iniquity, your foolishness to? God is waiting on you. We love you and save the lost at all costs. God bless you. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 302 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas his very own Christian talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM.